I'll watch. Now go back to your OBS studio. Welcome to our Bible study tonight. Tonight is one of the favorite lessons that I have of this series. There's several, but you know the first one always is a great starter to get your attention. And tonight's is probably one of the topics that um, will grab a person's attention because it's a bigger topic in when people start talking about prophecy. This topic, these two figures in our lesson tonight are, are especially the Antichrist, is, is just some of the top discussions that, other than the rapture, probably it's one of the top discussions about who the Antichrist will be. And tonight we're going to learn a lot of key attributes that the Antichrist will have scripturally because there's a lot, there's a few falsities out there about the false prophet. One of the things that it talks about that is confusing is they will say that he will have a deadly wound that is healed because of the scripture in Daniel, Daniel 7. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about um, part of the beast system. One of those nations had a deadly wound that would that that was healed. And that was we learned that in the very first lesson, which was Germany, that had that deadly wound that wall through Germany, the the, the wall that divided the East and West Germany the Berlin Wall. So that, that was the deadly wound that was healed, and I'm convinced of it. But it specifically is talking about the beast, and the beast that it's talking about is the one world government system. So uh, we're going to learn for a, for a true fact the attributes that line up with the Antichrist. And for those of you that are watching online, um, we are going to be discovering the identity as far as the title the identity of the false prophet, without a mistake, we know who the false prophet will be at that time. And by the end of this video, I think you'll be convinced as well. So we're going to go right into it. Tonight's lesson is the Antichrist and the false prophet. Let me start on this end first. Our lesson today, the Antichrist and the false prophet, the two men who will soon rule the world. In the last segment of Understanding the End Time, we learned that the Holy Roman Empire has now been reborn. We also learned that the Holy Roman Empire has always been ruled by two leaders, a political leader and a religious leader. The Bible foretells that the end-time Holy Roman Empire will once again be ruled by a political leader and a religious leader. The political leader will be a man called the Antichrist. The religious leader will be the false prophet. Let's consider the Antichrist first. I'm talking about the coming one-world dictator who is without a doubt on this earth right now, waiting in the wings to be revealed. The Antichrist is called by many names in Scripture. He's called the man of sin. He's called the son of perdition. Let's take a look at that Scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 3 and 4. 
Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, speaking of the day of the second coming of Christ, except there come a fallen away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So here you see him called by these two names, man of sin, son of perdition. However, he's called by many other names. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, it states there, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, speaking at the second coming, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So in this passage and in a few other passages, the Antichrist is referred to as that wicked, and then shall that wicked be revealed. The Antichrist is also known as the little horn. In Daniel chapter 7, verse number 8, listen to the passage. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now, the passage goes on to say, chapter number 7 in verse 21, it states there that the little horn will make war against the saints until the Ancient of Days comes. That's the way we know for positive that this little horn is the Antichrist because that's exactly what the Bible says in many other passages that the Antichrist is going to do. Then in Revelation chapter 13, verses 4 and 5, the Antichrist is referred to as the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, and who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 42 months. Now, we've studied previously that a beast in Bible prophecy always represents a kingdom or a nation along with the ruler of that kingdom or nation. Now, this is really important to remember because sometimes when we say the beast, we're speaking about the world government of the end time. And other times when we say the beast, we're speaking about the ruler of that world government of the end time, the Antichrist himself. But the name that we most commonly call this end-time world dictator is the Antichrist. In the present day, we most commonly refer to him, and most people are aware of this coming ruler by the name the Antichrist. In 1 John chapter number 2, verse number 18, John wrote and said, Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist, singular, shall come. Even now are there many Antichrist, plural, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, many people have said that the term Antichrist is not in the Bible, but that's not true because you see the evidence right in front of you right now. 
John understood that there was an individual ruler, Antichrist. And then he went ahead to say, and there are many Antichrists, plural. Why did he say that? Because there were many people in that time that had the spirit of the Antichrist that were claiming to be the Christ. And that's one of the things the Antichrist will do. And so John said, okay, there are many Antichrists in the world, but there is a singular ruler, an Antichrist that is to come. The name Antichrist means against Christ. To be anti is against. So the name Antichrist means to be against Christ or in the place of Christ. Let's find out now where the Antichrist will come from. A lot of people are wondering that right now. Is he going to come from Islamic country? Will he come from Europe? Could it even be from America? Well, the Bible tells us where the Antichrist is going to come from. In Daniel chapter number 7, verse number 8, we read these words. I considered the horns, speaking of the ten horns on the beast, the ten horns representing ten kings, the ten kings that will support the Antichrist. I considered the ten horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this little horn were eyes like the eyes of man and a mouth speaking great things. So we know that the Antichrist is going to come up among a ten-horn kingdom or a ten-king alliance. We've already proved previously in our studies that these horns symbolize kings. It says that right there in Daniel chapter number 7. So there will be ten kings, and then the Antichrist will come up among the ten, uprooting three. So we know the Antichrist is going to come up among ten kings. But which ten kings? When we refer to the ten horns of Daniel 7, we know that that's the same ten kings of the ten kings symbolized by ten toes in Daniel chapter number 2. Now, in prophesying about the ten toes, which is the very last part of Daniel's statue, which we also have studied previously in this series, in verse 44, listen to what Daniel said. And in the days of these kings, these last ten kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Now, what can we know from this then? All right, the ten toes are the very last thing. And the Bible says there in chapter 2 that when Jesus Christ comes, he will smite the image on the feet. And the whole system of world government and of human government is going to come down. But there's one more important thing we've got to know. The legs of this image were the legs of iron, the Roman Empire, which ruled the world from about 200 B.C. until around 300 A.D., Then the last segment of this image representing the five world governments that would rule the world from 600 B.C. until the second coming of Jesus, the very last segment was iron mingled with clay. Now, the iron was the Roman Empire. The feet and the toes of iron mingled with clay symbolize the Holy Roman Empire. Notice that the iron element is held over, but another element is mixed in, the clay. So we're talking about the Holy Roman Empire, which has always been from Europe. 
Now notice that these 10 toes are of iron made with clay. That means the 10 horn kingdom is going to come from Europe, from the Holy Roman Empire. And it says right here, in the days of these 10 kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Now, since we know the Antichrist comes up among these 10 horns or 10 toes, the same thing, since the Antichrist comes up among them, we know the Antichrist will come out of the Holy Roman Empire revived. Absolute proof. And I hope we get this point because it's so important. The ruler of the Holy Roman Empire has every time come from Europe, and it looks like that once again he will come from Europe. Let's take a look now at the Antichrist kingdom. What's it going to look like? In Revelation chapter number 13, this chapter is divided up into three sections. Verses 1 through 8 deals with the world government of the Antichrist and the Antichrist himself. Verse 11 through 15 deals with his religious partner, the false prophet. And then verses 16 through 18 talks about their one world economic system, which they will use to force obedience and compliance to the edicts of this one world government and the one world religious system that they will be setting up. Let's look now at this 13th chapter, beginning with verse number one. John said, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and 10 horns and upon his horns, 10 crowns and upon his heads, the name of blasphemy and the beast, which I saw was likened to a leopard and his feet were as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now remember, a beast symbolizes a kingdom along with the ruler of that kingdom. This beast symbolizes the last day world government and its ruler. It will include most of the nations on earth today, including the reborn Holy Roman Empire, which was just reborn on November the 3rd of 2009. Now let's take a look at this beast one more time. The 10-nation union is going to merge into this world governmental system. Remember the beast had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, the 10 horns of the 10 horn kingdom. And all of these beasts, which were shown as separate kingdoms back in Daniel 7, have now merged into a single kingdom the one world government under the process that we know of as globalization. Now, it's important to realize that the Antichrist is going to rule this world government. The nations that are included in this world government beast are Germany, that's the leopard, Russia, the bear, Great Britain, the lion, and the 10-nation alliance from the reborn Holy Roman Empire. So these are the powers that we know for positive are going to be participating in the one world government of the Antichrist. We also know from this passage and others that the Antichrist will rule the world, this world governmental system, for three and one half years. Daniel 7.25 says it this way, and he the Antichrist shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That means he's going to persecute the saints and think 
to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, that's one year, and times, that's two years, and the dividing of time, that's half of a year. So a time, times, and dividing of time is three and one half years. Now we know this because if you go back to Revelation 13, it says the same thing only in a different way. In verse number five of Revelation 13, it tells us, and there was given unto him, the world government and the Antichrist, a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue 42 months. And of course, 42 months is time times the divided time or three and one half years. Now, all of us would like to be able to identify the Antichrist. And there will come a time when we will be able to. However, in my studies of three books of the Bible, Daniel, Revelation, and 2 Thessalonians, from those three books alone, we have 53 specific prophecies about the Antichrist. I was amazed when I realized how many we have. Now, this man, the Antichrist, is undoubtedly alive on the earth right now. All of the prophecies that are to surround his rule are in fact coming to pass right now. So let's learn some things about the Antichrist. There's been a lot of debate. Some people think the Antichrist perhaps could be a system and not actually a man. Let's see what the Bible says. In Daniel 7, verse 24 and 25, it tells us that 10 kings shall arise. And of course, kings are men, right? And then another king will come up among the 10 and will subdue three of them. So since he's a king, it becomes obvious that he is a man. So here we see the Antichrist is a king or a ruler and he will be a man. The second thing we know for certain about the Antichrist is that he will confirm the Abrahamic covenant. This comes from Daniel 9, 27. It says there that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for seven years. And it's referring to the covenant of Genesis chapter 15, verse number 18. When God made a covenant with Abraham, saying the land on which you presently dwell will be yours and your descendants after you forever. That's the reason we call it the Holy Land. It's the covenant land, the promised land. Now, when there is this peace agreement signed, which will acknowledge Israel's right to exist, it will be signed with the world community, it will be signed with the Palestinians and Israel, and this, this signing of this peace agreement, the Antichrist will somehow participate in this signing, and it will confirm Israel's right to exist. Of course, that's one of the biggest disputes right now in the Holy Land conflict. Now, the Antichrist may not be out front in this particular signing of this peace agreement. He may be one among many. The Bible simply says he will confirm the covenant with many for seven years, but we're going to see that he won't be revealed until three and a half years later. Once the covenant is confirmed by the international community, that sets in motion the final seven years to Armageddon. But the Antichrist is not going to be revealed until three and one and a half years later. The third thing we know for certain about the Antichrist is that he will arise among 10 kings. We've already mentioned this, Daniel 7, uh, 24, also Revelation 17, 12 through 13. 
both of these specifically state there will be a 10-nation kingdom, and that will be the power base of the Antichrist. So we're seeing several things that the Antichrist is going to have to do. If he doesn't do these things, he's not the Antichrist. So it's going to be really tough to miss identifying him when he comes to the forefront because he will fulfill every single one of these prophecies without fail. Furthermore, the Bible teaches us that he will come up among 10 kings and then he will uproot three. So this is going to be, this is very specific. It states in Daniel 7, 8, that the little horn will uproot three kings. Also in Daniel 7, 24, it says, and the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall arise and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. So we're going to watch all this. This is actually going to happen. It will appear in our news. And if we're watching it, there's going to come a point at which we're going to be pretty sure and then ultimately positive that the Antichrist has now been revealed. The scripture also says in Daniel 8, 25, that the Antichrist is going to use peace as a weapon. This is interesting. The scripture says the Antichrist will, by peace, destroy many using peace to destroy. How could that work? Well, already we've seen it happen many times. In the name of peace, make war. We know the United Nations has peacekeeping forces that go in and wage war against countries under the guise of we're here to make peace. Sometimes if you're going to have peace, you have to make peace. And so consequently, the Antichrist is going to be a peacemaker. The sixth clue we have to the identity of the Antichrist is found in Daniel 7.20. The Bible says there that his look will be more stout than his fellows. And then in chapter 8 of Daniel, verse 23, the Bible calls him a king of fierce countenance. Now, how do you interpret this? I don't know. It just simply says that his look will be more stout than his fellows. And then it says that he will be a fierce countenance. I suppose we're going to recognize it when we see it. Until then, we'll have to wait to see what happens. Now, the Bible also tells us that the Antichrist will claim to be God. A man, a politician, is going to end up claiming to be God. How will he say it? I don't know. However, the Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 3 and 4, that the day of the Lord will not come until there come a fallen away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God claiming to be God. Will he say, I'm the ultimate authority here on the temple mount? Or will he say, I'm your Messiah? Or will he come right out and say, I am God now. I rule the world now. We don't know that for sure, but he in some way is going to do that. Now, this event is called the abomination of desolation, and the abomination of desolation happens halfway through the final seven-year period. It happens three and one-half years before the Battle of Armageddon. It's also the event that triggers the Great Tribulation. And the abomination of desolation is the revealing of the Antichrist. Remember, the Apostle Paul said it right here in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 3. Then shall that man of sin, the son of perdition, be revealed. When we see a man stand on the Temple Mount claiming to be the ultimate authority there, or claiming to be the Messiah, or somehow or another implying that he himself is God, when we see that event, then we will know for positive that person, that man, is the Antichrist. Now, one of the things that's going to be so deceptive about the Antichrist 
is that he will be regarded as being brilliant. Daniel 7, 8 says he will have a mouth speaking great things. Daniel 8, 23 describes him as understanding dark sentences. Furthermore, the Bible tells us that he will be a persecutor of God's true people. Revelation 13, 7 says it this way, and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. I don't like that. It was given him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. You know, he made war against Jesus Christ and overcame him. At least it appeared to be so, even though the death on the cross was the greatest victory ever accomplished by any human being in the history of all mankind. In Daniel 7, 21, Daniel said, I beheld and the same horn, that little horn that uprooted 10, uh, uprooted three, came up among the 10. I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Now, the Bible also tells us that he will dominate the world, but that he will face resistance. Revelation 12, 14, Israel will be protected from the Antichrist. It states there that when Satan persecutes the woman with the 12 stars, the 12 stars being the 12 tribes of Israel, when Satan persecutes the woman, she will be given two wings of a great eagle, possibly referring to the United States, who will protect her and she will flee into her place. Her place is the Holy Land, Israel, and she will be protected for time, times, and half a time. The Bible also says in Daniel eleven forty one that the country of Jordan will never be occupied by the Antichrist. It says there that Edom, Moab, and the children of Ammon shall escape out of his hand. Edom is southern Jordan, the Moab mountains are in Jordan, and Ammon is Ammon, Jordan. So the country of Jordan is never going to fall on the power of the Antichrist. The reason we're talking about this is because some people have assumed the Antichrist will control every single nook and cranny. He's going to dominate the world, but he will not control every single place in the world. Daniel 11:44 actually states during the final three and a half years, it says there, but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to annihilate many. So he's going to have opposition even during the final three and a half years. Now, this simply explains to us that he will have power, he will dominate the world, but he will not be in absolute and total control. The 11th clue we have, he will honor the God of forces. Daniel chapter number 1138 tells us that. And then Daniel 1131 says, and arms shall stand on his part. Gun control will undoubtedly be one of the primary goals of the Antichrist because it is one of the primary goals of the UN. By now, all of you have heard the force be with you. The Bible also says the Antichrist will be a great promoter of change. Uh, verse number 25 of Daniel 7, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. The message of the Antichrist will be change, change, change. Everything must change. We've now covered 12 clues to the identity of the Antichrist. Let's look now at clue number 13. This is an interesting one. In clue number 13, Daniel chapter 11, verse 37 states this, Neither shall he, the Antichrist, 
regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. He's going to be quite an egotistical leader. But the key phrase here, he will not regard the desire of women. Now, many people have immediately jumped to a conclusion stating, well, then that means he's going to be a homosexual. Well, it may mean that. On the other hand, perhaps not. What's the traditional desire of women in the Bible? If you'll study through the Bible, it was always the desire of women to have children. Have you ever been about a a woman that had baby fever? She can drive you crazy. And in the Bible, we have many examples of women that prayed for a child. They yearned for a child. Well, we know that one of the greatest planks in the platform of the world government agenda is population control. We know that in China, they have a one-child policy. You're not allowed to have more than one child. It could be that the Antichrist will actually make the one-child policy a worldwide policy. We don't know that for sure, but it's interesting to think about it, and it's a very uh, strong possibility that that's exactly what is going to happen. Okay, clue number 14. The Bible tells us that the number of his name will be 666. It's Revelation chapter 13, verse number 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count or calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is 600, three score and six. Now, this is old English language. Three score is 60, 666. Now, we seriously doubt that they're going to stamp 666 on your hand or your forehead because the scripture here says, let him that hath understanding count or calculate the number of the beast. Revelation 15, 2 says that it will be the number of his name. Now, we'll get more into this when we have a lesson exclusively on the mark of the beast. But nonetheless, this will be one of the identifying factors about the Antichrist. The number of his name will somehow add up to 666. Another thing that's going to be outstanding about this world dictator called the Antichrist, he will be promoted by a religious partner. There will be the most powerful religious leader on earth will support him and influence the world to follow him. This particular person will be called the false prophet. So you've got the Antichrist and the false prophet. That's exactly what's going to occur. As the Antichrist comes to power, he will have the support of this religious leader. Now, the Antichrist is coming. He will be revealed soon. Without a doubt, he's somewhere on this earth right now. We can be among those who understand the prophecies, the signs of the times. We can know when he is revealed. There will be people who know very well exactly who he is. Now, as we continue on, we're going to take a look now at the false prophet. In Revelation 13, 11, remember I told you earlier that the Antichrist is covered in Revelation 13, 1 through 8. 
Now at verse 11 through 15, we look at the religious partner of this world dictator. And in the Bible, he is called the false prophet. Now, the false prophet is going to be the most famous and the most well-liked religious leader on the planet. He's going to use his religious influence to tell everybody this world government is good. This new world order is good. And this man, this world dictator, is a wonderful gift from God. He will not call him the Antichrist. He won't call him the beast. He won't call him the man of sin nor the son of perdition. He's going to exalt him, enhance him, and influence the world to follow him. So, Revelation 13, 11, And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns. Now, the other beast had seven horns, seven heads, ten horns. This beast has two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. What a paradox here. Because, you know, in the Bible, usually when you think lamb, you think good. I mean, Jesus Christ himself was called the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. However, this second beast looks like a lamb, but looks can be deceiving. He looks like a lamb, but he spake as a dragon. So who is the dragon in the Bible? In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it talks about that dragon, the old serpent, the devil, and Satan. So he looks like Jesus Christ, but he speaks like the devil. He's a prophet, but he's a false prophet. Now, the false prophet is going to influence the world to follow the Antichrist. We read about it in the next verse, verse 12 of chapter 13. And he, the false prophet, exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. He's going to be very powerful. His religious influence will put him in in a position of great prestige. And he causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now think about this. This false religious leader, think about the most influential religious leader you can think of right now. Can you imagine what would happen if he was shown on television worldwide pulling fire down from heaven? I want to ask you, How will you and I react when we see with our own eyes a man pulling down fire from heaven? People are going to weep. People are going to worship. People are going to dance and rejoice. This is amazing. This is a work of God in the earth. But he will be the false prophet. How are we going to keep from being deceived by this person? There's only one way. The Bible says, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. It doesn't matter what kind of miracles someone does and God's able to perform true miracles. But the Bible says that this false prophet will be giving deceiving signs and lying wonders. So we better know our Bibles. We better understand God's word so we can know the truth from the false, a true prophet from a false 
prophet. This false prophet, when he pulls fire down from heaven, is going to gain tremendous influence in our world. And he's going to use that influence to say, support the one world government, support globalization, the new world order, and the head of the new world order, the Antichrist. Now, how do we know that this second beast is the false prophet? It doesn't say it here in Revelation chapter number 13. But let's look at the context. The Bible says that this second beast deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the first beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the first beast, the Antichrist, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Okay, now that's the description of the false prophet. He will do miracles, and by means of those miracles, he will be able to influence the people to make an image to the first beast and to cause them to follow him. When we see a specific reference to the false prophet in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, here's what it says. And the beast was taken. Now, this is at Armageddon. The beast, the Antichrist was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. See, it matches perfectly. With which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. So at the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to be cast into the lake of fire by Jesus Christ himself. Let's continue looking at the false prophet. Verse number 15 of chapter 13. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now this shows that the false prophet is going to be a chief perpetrator of the great tribulation. He's going to cause that as many of the people that will not pledge allegiance to the world government, will not join the one world religious system which the Antichrist and the false prophet will put together. Whoever refuses to be a part of that, the Bible says that he will cause them that they should be killed. It goes on to say in verse 16, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. The Antichrist and the world government will demand that the whole world conform to the one world government, pledge allegiance to it, and the one world religious system. And one of the weapons they will use to force conformity is that you'll have to have their approval in order to participate in the economy. We already know how this can work. We already see that in some nations you have to have a national ID card or you cannot hold a job. No job, how much buying and selling Can you do? We already know that here in America, there has been a bill uh, produced that would require every person to have a national ID card, and without it, you will not be able to hold a job. So they will use economic boycott as their means of forcing compliance 
to their new world order and its one world religious system. So Antichrist and false prophets are going to be very much in lockstep and most of the world is going to think this is wonderful. This is the way to have peace and security. We're not going to allow diversity anymore. We're going to, conf- we're going to force a level of conformity and that's going to usher in the three and a half years the Bible calls the Great Tribulation. Now, not only that, in Revelation chapter number 16, verse 13, we're also told that the false prophet is actually going to help influence world leaders to invade Israel. So this false prophet is going to be no friend of Israel's. It says in Revelation chapter 16, verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles. The devil sometimes can work miracles. Which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So notice what's going on here. Unclean spirits come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. What do we mean by that? Well, when a person speaks, we've already learned that the Antichrist will have a mouth speaking great things. These personages will have great oratory and they'll be able to sway the world. Have you ever heard a person speak that made you weep? How about laugh? How about get excited? It's the power of oratory. So out of their mouth goes spirits that will control the spirits of humanity. These spirits will come out of the mouth of the beast, the false prophet, and the Antichrist. But these are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth to the kings of all the earth and of the whole world to seduce them to come against Israel for the battle of that great day of God Almighty, the battle of Armageddon. The very next verse, verse 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and the world sees their shame. And then verse 16 says, and he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So the Antichrist, the false prophet, will work together to bring the kings of the world down against Israel for the battle of Armageddon. Okay, now let's recap some things here that are very critical for us to truly understand what lies ahead. And everything I'm telling you is going to happen. You are going to watch this happen over the next few years. I can't tell you exactly how many years, but it's wrapping up right now. So let's remember, the Holy Roman Empire has always had two leaders, a political leader from Europe and a spiritual leader from Rome. Every time the spiritual leader has been from Rome. It all began in 800 A.D., when Pope Leo III placed a crown on the head of Charlemagne, Charles the Great from Germany, pronouncing him emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. The Pope has always been the spiritual leader of the Holy Roman Empire. Now, the Holy Roman Empire of the end time is going to be the same. The political leader will be the Antichrist, and the spiritual leader will be the false prophet. Whoever is Pope at the time of the Antichrist 
He will be the false prophet. Now, before you get upset at me for saying that, do you realize that even Catholic prophecies predict an evil pope is coming and that he will be the last pope? I've talked to many of my Roman Catholic friends. I heard that that was true, and I couldn't imagine it. So I actually sat down with some of my Catholic friends and said, have you ever been taught that there's an evil pope coming? And the first one I asked said, oh, yeah, the nuns taught me that when I was in the eighth grade in Catholic school. I since then have studied many of their prophecy books, and there are many Roman Catholics that adamantly believe that there is an evil pope coming. So when we say, that the last pope, the pope who is in power at the time of the Antichrist, will be the false prophet. Even Roman Catholics can agree with that because they too believe that there is an evil pope coming. Let me tell you about about St. Malachi. In the 11th century, there was a Catholic seer. He was the archbishop of Armay of the 11th century. He claimed that he saw a vision of all the popes from his time until the last pope. In this vision, there were to be 112 popes from Malachi to the very last pope. This last pope was to become an evil pope. And during the last pope's reign, Rome was going to be destroyed. That's what Malachi said. He wrote all this in a book. It lay in the Vatican archives for 400 years or so. There weren't printing presses then. It was too expensive to reproduce. Nobody knew whether they believed in it or not. But when the printing press was invented, they printed some copies and they began to circulate. Still, they didn't make much impact. However, when it got close to the 112th Pope, more copies began to be printed and people begin to study, what if Malachi is true? What if there is 112 popes to come? And by that time, they were at 110, which was Pope John Paul II. Now, one more thing I want to make sure you understand. When Malachi said that the last pope during his reign, Rome would be destroyed, do you know the Bible teaches that? The Bible talks about Mystery Babylon, and it calls Mystery Babylon the city of seven hills, and Rome is the city of seven hills. The Bible teaches that Mystery Babylon is going to be destroyed. The scripture says, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. There's a great earthquake. Well, it says in the prophecies of Malachi that an earthquake is going to destroy Rome. Now, I can't tell you whether you should put a lot of faith in the prophecies of Malachi or not, but it is interesting to see how closely they coincide with the prophecies of the Bible. So once the 110th Pope, Pope John Paul II, was on his deathbed, a lot of people became very, very concerned about the prophecies of St. Malachi. And not only did it tell, the prophecies tell how many popes, but their was a clue of identification given with each pope. Well, the 111th pope, the clue for his identity was the glory of the olive. When you stop and look at that, you say, okay, wait a minute. Well, when Pope John Paul II was on his deathbed, there was actually an article written by a man from India. I have a copy of it. And the day before the cardinals went into conclave in the Sistine Chapel to elect a new pope, 
Pope John Paul II had just died. This man wrote this article saying to the prelates, please don't elect anyone that it has anything to do with the olive because if you do, all the end time nuts are going to come out of the woodwork and they're going to claim that this is the 111th Pope. There's only one Pope left. Well, the Cardinals went into conclave and very quickly they elected a new Pope, uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger from Germany. However, it's always the policy when a new Pope is elected that he chooses a name under which he will rule. He doesn't rule under Ratzinger. He chooses a name of some famous predecessor. Many have chosen Pius. Many have chosen John. Many have chosen Paul. Well, 15 of them have chosen a name Pope Benedict. When this new Pope, Joseph Ratzinger, announced the name he would choose for his papacy, he chose Pope Benedict the 16th. Well, everybody wondered, why Pope Benedict the 16th? A lot of people thought of a lot of reasons why. But when you go back to the first Benedict, the one who made the name Benedict famous, he was the patron saint of Europe. Not only that, he became the father of the Benedictine order. Now, the Benedictine order has a symbol. There's a special group called, called the Olivetans. And this special group... They have a symbol. These Benedictines have this symbol. What is it? The olive. Wait a minute. The symbol given back in the 11th century was the glory of the olive for the identity of the next and the last pope. So then we have to ask, could the next pope be the last pope? Now the clue given by St. Malachi was that the last pope would be Peter the Roman. Now, that's the clue. What does that mean? Who knows? Up till now, no pope from the very beginning has dared take the name Peter because Catholics believe that the first pope was Peter. And they hold him in such high regard that no pope has ever dared take that name to himself. Could this last pope decide it's time for Pope Peter too? I don't know. But anyway, the clue given is Peter the Roman. Now, St. Malachi's prophecy, I can't tell you. It's not on the same level of Scripture, so I can't tell you for sure about it. All I'm telling you is, this is what he said, and I've told you what the Bible has to say. It looks like everything is dovetailing together right now. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Okay, finally, Revelation 19, verse 19 and 20, tells us that Jesus Christ will destroy the Antichrist and the false prophet at his second coming. Let's read it. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with fire and brimstone. So we see from this scripture that Jesus Christ, when he returns, will take the Antichrist and the false prophet, the political leader of the world, the spiritual leader of the world, cast them both into the lake of fire. And that's when we're going to crown Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. That will mark the beginning of his kingdom. Now, these two rulers, the Antichrist and the false prophet that we have been studying, 
I'm sure they're both on the earth right now. All the prophecies are converging together. We're too far advanced down the, the pike of prophetic fulfillments for them not to be alive on the earth right now. We don't know for sure who these men are today, but we will know before very long. It's time for all of us to prepare for the second coming of Jesus and to realize we are living in unprecedented times. The Antichrist and the false prophet just ahead. Okay, I saw some note taking. Did you have any questions with more pertaining to the lesson before we get into the other stuff? Um, I just have statements kind of pertaining to the lesson. Go ahead. Um, so it was talking about anti the Antichrist will use peace as a weapon. And then I, remi I was reminded of something with the Satanism and stuff that religion and I was telling you the other day about how New Age kind of gets into that people go for New Age into that yeah well what they spread is love is love yeah so, and, the, and so the thing is they're spreading love is love but I feel like when this now even now it's starting now lots of people are turning to Christianity and saying God is love but then mm -hmm. it's saying love is love and God is love together and I believe there's going to be a bunch of people that are misled by that because all of the beliefs they're believing in that they're being told that Jesus is and God is not saying God isn't love because God 100% is love but there's more to it it's like God is love with no attachments there's no there's no nothing like the, everything you have to do in the Bible that we read that the plan of salvation all that stuff it's taken for granted and if you go against if a Christian says God is love and you go against a true Christian mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's up to you to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you go against somebody that says love is love, if you go against that person and say anything in contradiction to that, what's their reaction? Um, they'll get just really mad and angry. Now let's say that person has a lot of power and can strike back. Like That's kind of where this love is, or pe he will use peace. Yeah, he's using, well, what I see is there's going to be like, now there's a bunch of people that are arguing back and forth about why we believe this, we believe this, we believe this. And love is love, transgenders and LGBTQ, all that stuff. Everyone has to get along and love each other. There's so much conflict between everyone with it now. Mm -hmm. And I believe that he's going to bring love is love and God is love into the picture, making everyone make up. You know, it's all cool. Just love each other. Because Satanists, what they believe, is to treat people how they treat you, respect everyone, or yeah, they want you to treat people how they treat you, and they also say take revenge on those who hurt you, and now they're starting to switch over what they're saying from take revenge on those who hurt you over to um, do whatever you want as long as you don't hurt anyone. So they're switching that over, and I feel like whenever the Antichrist is starting to reveal himself, He's going to say, God is love, do whatever you want, as long as you don't hurt anyone. I feel like that's going to be what they're well, making the, Jesus out to be. The only problem with that is the Antichrist is going to use peace as a weapon to cause war. Mm -hmm. Well, that's... that's you're, you're not doing my version of peace, and so we're coming in. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's going to try to convince a bunch of people to even think that they're Christians, even. 
I think he's going to make them think they're Christians that are trying to love each other regardless on what they believe that like transgenders just anyone in LGBTQ and stuff like that he's going to convince them all that they're Christians and they can be Christians and do that and stick with their ways as long as they're not hurting anyone else but then that's going to cause a conflict whenever there's people that have like read their bible and stuff and say no you that's not right you got to start changing over to this that's going to be where that peace that love is love thing becomes a weapon because it's going to be something that causes a major conflict amongst people and we are already seeing a buildup of that mm -hmm. in this to me the george floyd thing mm -hmm. and then blm was birthed out of that and um Antifa was birthed out of that. Mm -hmm. We see those same people now in this Palestinian, pro-Palestinian movement in this country. Mm -hmm. But these protesters on the left are allowed to be a little more violent mm -hmm. than anybody that, you know, anybody that even speaks truth from a Christian standpoint. And they don't they understand. Are, they are um, shown... They are, that's what I'm looking for, they are called the violent ones. Mm -hmm. And they're really not doing much of anything. But the ones it. that are burning everything down, looting every store, um, in some cases killing some people. Rationality well, but you know, it's the, it's the summer of love. Mm -hmm. You know, well, keep, keep that part of love over there. I don't, I don't want any part of that. Yeah, that's literally rationality. Makes you a bigoted person and that, you're evil if you think that what they're doing is wrong or that they shouldn't do it or whatever and then they're against you and I think a lot of them don't even understand what they're trying to push for they don't have a clue what they're pushing for like the feminists mm -hmm. they have no idea what they're pushing their agenda for other than to cause mm -hmm. themselves more pain and suffering and the funny thing is because once you get outside of truth and you start rooting for a cause and the wrong spirits are influencing that movement. Mm -hmm. It's not going to line up with truth. And so, for instance, you've got the um, woman, women right movement. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not any. I'm not anti women. I mean, no, you're not. I just think, you know, each person is, you know. And that's they're trying to convince a bunch of girls, like naive girls my age, they're trying to convince them that we're supposed to hate you. I'm supposed to hate a man. But then, that same side of the aisle comes out and starts pushing the trans athletes and the trans agenda. Well, that's not pro-women. No. That's not. defeating women and sticking men in women's sports. Me being a woman? That makes me so angry. It makes me so angry because it, it stands for absolutely nothing. I've the done. feminist movement doesn't know what to do with it. No. They're split on it. Some of them are saying, you know, we're feminists, but we can't have that. Some of them are saying we welcome that. They don't know what to do with it because it's not inside of truth. Regardless of Christianity or anything like that, if a man wants to claim to be a woman, no. No, you are not. Nope. I wouldn't. I don't care if I was Christian or not. I would not agree with that. I wouldn't let them into my feminist group or anything like that. I right. Would, I don't agree with feminism at all, and See, I think it's making the world very unfair. I don't think it's it's not the fact he's agreed, it's the fact that like, it shouldn't happen at all, because if you break it down to like basically like like a like a man's point of view, like science and all that, 
Um, go down to basically like your DNA and your RNA. You can't change that. You can't change your DNA or your RNA. If your if it biologically says that you're a man, you're a man. No matter how many surgeries you can perform, no matter how many testosterone shots you can perform, like even that. Like I watched like me and her watched this show and like there's a woman that wanted to become a man and she probably won't even see the age of four years old because of all the testosterone shots and surgeries. And it's it's really just a mind game. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That's all they do. They're just being and then when you confront them, they don't. They just they, get angry because they have no answers. Yeah, and I think it's a. Well, I mean, scripture tells us. I, I think it's a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Scripture oh, says everything's a spiritual battle. But, um, you know, these people, they're using this group of people that are just unsettled spiritually. Yeah. And they're using them as pawns in this game that they want to play and tearing society apart. Look, I've said this before a couple of years ago in some more direct videos, not like post-discussion, direct, you know, where that was the topic. In this, now they're doing it in Europe as well because they're, they're trying to just radically turn everything upside down. But in this country specifically, I just had three thoughts go through my head. In this country specifically, they have got to get rid of our constitution. So they have got to, they have got to somehow figure out how to turn things upside down so much that either the current government, by vote cheating, by vote stealing, they can put in the right people and overturn the constitution or change it, mm -hmm. or um, you know we have all kinds of military-aged men coming over by the tens of thousands across our southern border. So if these people are already implanted and able to do something and organize, somehow organize a strike or they see that there's an outside force striking the United States, they can rise up from within and help out, assist that nation. If any nation defeats our, our nation, our government, they replace it. Out goes the Constitution. Mm -hmm. That has been their desire from day one. And I was wanting to do a video on this recently, and it just kind of, you made me think of it. They want to do away with our Second Amendment. Oh. And one of the ways they're doing this is YouTube, Facebook, whatever, can get mad at me if you want to. But I firmly believe that our government, to some extent, is behind these shootings that we see, these mass shootings. Oh, no, you can see even the schools. There's so many videos out there of whenever there's mass school shootings, the same exact people are on the news for the shooting. Like, you'll see the same faces in every single one of them just mm -hmm. pass or, passing by people, just strangers walking Passing around. Eyes. But yeah. All the same faces from every, like, well, all, it and, all connects. And that's a, that's a second conspiracy that I just have decided not to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> There's one that goes I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Yeah. I'm just saying like it's, not one, it's not one. Hole, like where some of these kids, I believe, well, genuinely. That's the part of the agenda that they took Alex Jones down with was you're saying these kids in this, was that Sandy Hook shooting weren't even real. And then yeah. all these families sued him and won a billion dollars. Well, if they sue me for fifty bucks, I'm out. You know. No, I believe that. I believe they're real. I believe some of these kids are people, whether it's a school shooting or whether it's 
just a shooting somewhere by a, a, a male, adult male, whatever, I believe some of them, not all of them, I've heard them like say when they're arrested, if they are still alive, I, I, I don't, like I think one kid was even like, I don't even like almost like he woke up and was just like, yeah, the black what guy. happened? He's it's like, spiritual. he's like, I was, I feel like, like a demon came in me. I like, I feel uh-huh. like, I, what happened? Like every single one aware. of them were in therapy. Well, on drugs, on therapy, I believe on mental medication. There is, there is mind control that's been used by the three letter. I agree. Condition. And I believe they use some of these kids that they find like, you know, it's easy to find them. Like. You know, like, how easy is it? You play video games. Do you play with, like, other people? Well, if they're going to a therapist, you already know where to find You know, and so I'm saying is, like, they find these kids, and so all they got to do is, like, pop on and start having a conversation with this kid playing a game. You know, like, it's so easy, and then they Why can, get, in, mind they can get into their heads. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I firmly believe that our government's behind it. You call me what you want. But Having said that, my point to it is they are doing it in an, in an attempt to, and stick, stick with me on this, they're doing it in an attempt to get us so sick and shove that Second Amendment so far down our throats that we're sick of it and we insist on that change of you've got to do away with it. Now, here's my point to it. We're now seeing that same thing brought out in the First Amendment. They're having people say some of the craziest and stupidest stuff so they can shove our First Amendment down our throat, mm-hmm. and they're they're using First Amendment to make us sick of the First Amendment because of all this hate talk. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how they're going to start wearing us down to say, you know, what well, we need to just do away with it or do away with enough of it or whatever, so they can get their foothold in. Mm-hmm. They're sticking the Constitution down our throat to get us sick of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think is what they're doing. Yeah. But go ahead. <clears throat> so. Basically on the same topic, um, if you like look further into the Constitution, because most people like in schools, they learn about the first time. And if you really look like into it, there's, I don't know what number specific, but even our forefathers knew that this country was not going to last. And it literally states that if a country is corrupt, it can, the whole country itself can abolish it but have to make a new government at the Correct. exact same time. So I believe, as all this is portraying right now, they're doing that. Like the freedom of speech, the freedom of press, and the freedom of religion. So like, we can't, for Christians, if we talk about God, we're shunned. And if we try to talk about it in the press, we get shut down. And even if we try to talk about it, they, no one listens. So they try to shut that down and with the guns, like, same thing. Like, they're just trying to make everybody, you know, go out for each other. Our FBI is going against um, abortion activists. Not not even over-the-top people. Just, you may be across the street, you know, because they have that law in, in place now. You can't block the entrance of an abortion clinic. And really, that's not a big thing that's done. I'm not saying it's not done, but it's not a big thing. But there are people that will show up with signs and maybe stand off premises, things of that nature. They'll arrest you for that now across the street. They have no qualms. The FBI will come in and pursue federal charges with you. And that takes two departments to do that, the FBI and the DOJ. 
So they're both seeing things the exact same way. They're in agreement. We've got to shut these people down. But that's shit. That's ruining your You are allowed to say what you want to say as long as it fits in with what we want you to say. And even like back then, like, I don't know who said this, but it says you, you have the right to protest until one man's fist touches another man's nose. And that's... Peaceful protests yes. are acceptable, but that's not true. No. They don't like any protests. No. If it's thing. going... Well, no, if it's... Yeah, if it's on the left side, they're right. protesting and lighting stuff on fire and hitting police I mean, officers, whatever they want to do, that's fine. The only thing we did was the capital. But I believe that was the government itself, too. Yeah, that wasn't us. Like, oh, I agree, 100%. Like, literally, like, when it came to, like, all those people, like, going into the capital building, I was sitting there like, Republicans don't want... Hmm. And they, they were making these FBI-looking guys, these... These guys that were dressed up as Trump supporters, but obviously were not. They were encouraging, they were helping break windows, and they were encouraging people to go through the windows, but the MAGA people were like pulling them down, saying, you don't, you don't need to do that. No, let's, yeah, let's be peaceful about it. I'm not this. saying there weren't a, a few people here and there, MAGA, that weren't over the top. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I think the majority of things, I think the whole thing was instigated by oh, our yeah. federal government. For sure. And I think the evidence is starting to show that. They had one guy that they arrested apparently out on the Capitol grounds, brought him in. Now that the new footage is being shown, they brought him in, two cops, they patted him on the back, unbit his handcuffs, and sent him out another door. Well, that was obviously a plant. Yeah. Fist bumped each other, unhandcuffed him, and sent him on his way. As soon as the, popular, as soon as the crowd outside couldn't see what was going on. There's just too much evidence to contradict anything else other than that. What else you got? Well, I just also, this was just me thinking. I had like a few things that um, I wrote down about Satanism and then a lot of things people are doing to find their spirituality now are all very much along the lines of being a Satanist without realizing they're a Satanist, I guess. And then I also thought about, I'll just read this off first. It says, so with Christianity, it's like a thing going around. People are making these videos saying, why I'm not Christian, why I'm a Satanist, instead why I choose to be a Satanist. And it's in Christianity, God says, forgive everyone, and then Satan says, take revenge on those who hurt you. And then God says, be kind to everyone, and then it says, treat people how they want, how they treat you. And then God would say, respect everyone, Satan would say, respect is earned. And God would say, I am God, worship me. And Satan says, you are your own God, worship yourself. So it's not even that they're worshiping Satan, they're just believing they're their own God. Which is where all these new age people believe their spirituality comes from. It's within themselves. So that's especially, I know in America, most of people in America, if they're not Christian, they're believing their self. They are their own God. And a lot of people I know that do drugs and stuff, one of their main beliefs is that they are their own God. Now you can't talk about doing drugs and I'm getting ready to take my... That's <laughs> 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 Isn't that, On just, camera. isn't that like just funny? Like, 
for people to sit there and like preach love is love, but yet you should give back to the ones that hurt you. But yes. love is love. Yeah, that's what that's what Satan that's what draws people in with though. Love is love. So you can be whoever you want, whatever well, yeah. gender, whatever you that's, want. That's what I'm and saying. It's like as long as it looks like you. what we want you to think it looks like. Yeah. Satan still loves you for that. And then people just get false for that. They're just like love is love, but you can kill somebody. But you he Not only can you kill somebody, um, us politicians will throw together a fund to help bail you out of jail. <laughs> I mean, the same day you shoot somebody. It's like, yeah. I, I had something, but I was like, eh, I don't want to push that. <laughs> I think Satan convinces people that love is love, and that he loves them and accepts them for they are to try to get them to think that Jesus doesn't love them. Yeah. Jesus loves them all. Sure. So. Satan will do everything he can to deceive you in any form he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will. We thought it was interesting. And then also the fact that they're not... We're, if we talk about God, our videos are more likely to get... Demonetized. Demonetized. How many times God. do I... How many times have I sent you something? We've done this is the eighth lesson, and I've sent you something afterwards saying we just we've already, as I'm uploading stuff, mm-hmm. we've already been restricted mm-hmm. in one form or another. You go to YouTube and there's like how the life of a Satanist and how it's like to be a Satanist, oh, yeah. how to become a Satanist. You can find anything from just about any religion carelessly. That stuff will just come across your home. And then you find like stuff like Christianity. But it's like it's an loose. Evil. Yeah, it's either really, really loose, or it's like talking about Christianity and why it's wrong, or why. Well, you can you can be a Christian, but you don't need to read your Bible. You don't need to go to church. You don't need none of that stuff. You just gotta believe in Jesus. So we went from in the. Of course, there wasn't a printing press until I looked this up yesterday. There's a. Anyways, uh, I was going to mention a business in Trenton. Never mind, but. Went over to Trenton and I was talking to a lady and um, printing presses came up for discussion. I'll just say that. And uh, I said, you know, I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about this, what they talked about in here about St. Malachi, that yeah. prophecy book that he wrote. And again, I'm, I'm just like Irvin. I don't put any stock. I, I, don't, I, I would only put stock in it if it proves out to be true. But I'm not going to lean on that for my prophecy understanding because... Um, I'm, I'm just simply curious to see if it lines up. Well, we're now, you know, this video was shot in about 2009 or 10, probably 2010. And Pope Benedict was in office then, and I think we only had one pope left, according to the St. Malachi guy. And I think we've had two or three since then. So, unless there's another way of measuring that, um, well, that's already off. One thing I did notice, didn't our pope, our pope agree with the LGBTQ and yes. abortions? He just had a bunch of trans people over at the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Or he went to them wherever they were, I don't remember, but so, yeah, he just... That's where I think that whole, that love is love and God is love thing is going to get brought in at some point. I think he's been telling them all that Speaking of they're that, accepted the way they are. This was in from a post-discussion, like after this type of talk. But did you see where the guy, the Turkey guy, the guy from Turkey was talking to a bunch of leaders? I can't remember if he was at the UN or where he was. And started saying, Allah is going to strike down the nation of Israel and Allah is going to go against Israel. Stood right there and had a heart attack. He died. He died at the hospital. I swear to God, I 
swear I just had a video where someone broke down Allah and it breaks down to 666. The name of Allah somehow is 666. I don't know, I'd have to pull up the video. They claimed a thousand different people are 666. They used to say it was going to be, that the Antichrist was going to be Ronald Wilson Reagan. Six letters in each name, 666. But, of course, we know from, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly, I, I'm not saying it because Irvin said it, I came to my own understanding and then later realized that Irvin and I lined up. Um, this is how we knew the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire wasn't reborn until officially 2009, November of 2009. We knew it was going to happen 20, 30 years prior to that because we could see the same element carried over made sense to create the Holy Roman Empire. But that didn't exist anymore. But in the day the boulder came out of the mountain and smote that statue on the feet, crumbling the whole system. Well, that tells us that he's going to come back at a time of the Holy Roman Empire. That's how we knew mm -hmm. that the Holy Roman Empire would be reborn. Um, the thing that I found pretty curious in, you know, kind of the rehash of tonight's lesson is, don't be fooled because the devil can work some miracles too. Now, now God can, you know, God can put a lid on that, but the devil can work some miracles too. He, when Moses was proving himself to Pharaoh, he threw down his staff and it turned into a snake. What happened with the soothsayers that Pharaoh had? They did the same thing. They threw their, they're like, that ain't no big deal. All right, well, can your God create locusts and kill firstborn red frogs and yeah let's see how far you your side can take it because we can go pretty far mm -hmm. well we're going to see that again scripture tells us that this false prophet is going to perform miracles and it specifically says that he's going to pull down fire from heaven in the sight of men mm -hmm. now i can't tell you if it's going to be a magic trick or not but i believe probably god has you know satan can't do anything without god's permission mm -hmm. But God knows that all this stuff is going to have to be fulfilled. So he may very likely um, allow it to be, to be an actual miracle, if you will. But my point to that is, there's scripture saying, and you know, you've been around oneness a lot longer than I have. <clears throat> but we got to be on our toes. And, and the people that we are... Um, discipling, we've got to keep them on their toes because Scripture says, if possible, even the very elect will be deceived. And you can see that we're... I see a lot of elect being deceived me too. in this hour. And it's just mind-boggling to me. Things that are... You want to know what I think, and a lot of this is... From, from a very good message that I heard that got me thinking about it. Um, I've seen that since COVID. People got in, they were locked, I was in, thinking their, the same they were thing. locked in their home, and, they, and, the, and that is the rise of a lot of social media. TikTok, Instagram, everything really exploded then, and people got got into entertainment and there's just there's a lot of things that attach through that 
That's a great point. Whether they, whether people want to agree with that or believe it or want to say, oh, but isn't our God more powerful? Well, absolutely our God is more powerful. But our God also warns, okay, yeah, I'm more powerful than, uh, you know, uh, a fortune teller or a reader or whatever. I'm more powerful than a Ouija board. But I'm telling you not to mess with those things. And we see that example all throughout the Old Testament. He was more powerful, the, the, more powerful than the false gods that they were worshiping. But that didn't mean that they could say, like, okay, well, I can still play around with this and mess with it. What happened? There's a story in the Bible when he told them, clean all of that idol out of the camp. Yep. And some people didn't because they had that mindset. God's more powerful than this stuff. It's not going to hurt if we have just a little bit of it. And what happened? Their their families died. Families died because of it. Mm-hmm. And so it drives me crazy when people take certain things and they're like, yeah, is it that serious? So isn't God more powerful? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But he also But says, he will respect your decision to let something in. Don't mess with something. I told you not to. I heard that a lot. A couple of months, I heard that a lot a couple of months ago regarding some very spiritual things people were messing with. Well, that isn't God more powerful than, you know, a witch's walk or... Well, then that also brings up something you mentioned to me prior. If you're always saying if God's more powerful, where does it end? You could always keep saying God's more powerful. You can send all you want and be like, God's more powerful. The devils know he's powerful yeah. and they tremble. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to do just a little bit of heroin. I mean, it's not going to bother me. God's more powerful yeah, than God that heroin. Alive, so. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, buy the kids the Ouija board. Let them play with it. What's it God's ready? more powerful. God's more powerful Don't than Don't forget anything. to tell them that. Mm-hmm. You kind of took the point to a whole other level that I was thinking. And, and you're spot yeah. on. You're spot on. <laughs> I, I just was simply thinking... How many people that I would have said pre-COVID, um, I mean, were just pretty rock solid in church and just, I mean, they seem to have their foundation secure. And I still see some of them, but they seem to be very disconnected. Willy-nilly. Very like, oh, yeah. And it, it, they honor it me with their me. mouth, but their heart is far from me. Right. Is really making a lot of sense. Especially this season. And I'll just shut up there. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I mean, that's perfect. That's great discussion. That's exactly... Thinking the same thing. Still listening. Well, I think I'm done with my stuff, but you said you want to talk about Jordan. Oh, I'm glad you said that. There was something I was going to bring up, and I'm like, Michelle. Don't get Michelle started. And I, Michelle Don't and I get started. Page, and then I told her I didn't write it down, so I forgot. I'm like, I'll remember that. Yeah, I know better than that. We have a young lady that um, is in our church, and I'm under the impression she's now she's been to Jordan a number of times for um, missionary, like just for a few days, a few weeks, whatever you want to call it. It appears that she may be moving there more permanently. Um, and if she ever, if you ever come across this video and she knows who she is, 
I've been wanting to say something to her, and I'm sure she knows this, but maybe not from a, she's not really a prophecy person, or should she be, I'm not saying that. But scripture tells us, and, and we saw it in tonight's lesson, there's something special, there's something different about the nation of Jordan for some reason from all the Muslim countries around them. They're Muslim as well for the most part, but they do treat Christianity a little gentler than other Arab countries. But there's something about the nation of Jordan that Scripture tells us in the end time when the Antichrist is in full control and the false prophet is holding him up, propping him up. <clears throat> the Antichrist is in full control, but yet Scripture says that Edom, Ammon, and Moab will escape out of his hand. And you would think, so all of the other Muslim countries, apparently we know that Iran is going to be full-fledged behind the Antichrist because the eventuality of that is that we're going to attack Israel and specifically Jerusalem. Jordan's a neighboring country. In fact, if you were to go back to a lot of the heritage of the people that are Palestinian people that call themselves Palestinians, they're Jordanians by birth certificate, by, by birthright. They're Jordanian citizens that have moved into the Palestinian area to take up the Palestinian flag and the Palestinian cause. But there's something special about Scripture is telling us. I don't know what the deal is, but something special in the nation of Jordan because Edom... Ammon and Moab will escape out of his hand. So you know who you are. God bless you on that. And we will be praying for you and the mark that you are going to leave on the Jordanian people. And, and we will fully support your efforts. Um, she likely will never come across this video, but hopefully she does. I've been wanting to tell her that. There's a special place. Jordan has a special prophecy to fulfill in that. And, and it just excites me that she's going to go over and help do her part to set the stage for that. She's, she's winning souls over there. Yesterday and today, I find it interesting. We know that in Matthew 24, Jesus says that at the time that the Antichrist stands in the temple of God claiming to be God, at that moment, at that time, he refers to it as the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. When that happens, those which live in Judea, which is the West Bank, those that live in Judea will um, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. If you're on the rooftop, don't come down into the house to take your clothes. If you're out in the field, don't return back to your house. Hit the ground running because then will be great tribulation such as never been before nor ever again shall be. Well, that's in the West Bank. I'm going to have to go back in memory and see if anything is mentioned about the area that we now call Gaza. Because Israel is talking about, look, we've already flushed out 2 million refugees. We, for the most part, pushed them out and they have sought asylum somewhere else or they're refugees somewhere else and they're no longer in this Gaza area. They bombed the snot out of it. Um, something funny just went through my head. That, and this really isn't a funny subject, but um, a Lego a Lego set that you can buy of the Gaza Strip. Anyways, you can just look that up later. Yeah, um, you can get a Lego set of it? 
It's a joke. Okay. And I know it's not a joking matter. Yes, you can look it up. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. It's kind of one of those, is it too soon yet? You know. Um, a lot of the people in Jordan or in Israel are saying, hey, these people are moved. We've got them flushed out right now. And we bombed the place to smithereens. Let's just take it over and make it. We won't have to deal with the with Hamas anymore in Gaza. These people are going to resettle somewhere else. Let's just take it over like they did in another area in Israel. And uh, in fact, I think it's talking about the Judea Samaria area. But <clears throat> they're talking about trying to Netanyahu says he's going to he's not stopping until Hamas. Is totally wiped out. And that brings me to another point in a little bit. But um, I don't know that there's a scripture against them doing that. I don't know that there's a script. I, there's plenty of Old Testament scripture to say God told them to do that uh, at any given time. Utterly drive them, the inhabitants out of the country. But in this specific case, you know, if they were to say, listen, go into the West Bank, wipe them out, we're going to build up communities, I'm going to sit here and tell you that is not going to happen because prophecies of the Bible say that's not going to happen. Now, we know that there are um, Israelis that live out in the West Bank, but we know that the Palestinians at some point are going to overrun them and uh, slaughter a bunch of them. But Gaza up against the sea, I don't know but what it's, it's it could possibly happen and not go against what scripture says. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I find it extremely interesting that they want to just go ahead and occupy it. I mean, it's it's already leveled. They bombed it so heavily. Did you find that? I'm not right, am I? <laughs> Good enough. My other point to that is Netanyahu says we're not stopping until Hamas is wiped out. The world community under the under the auspices of the UN is saying, you gotta stop. You gotta stop, you gotta cease fire. There's protests going on in this country. We've talked many times on this platform about um, where the United States will stand in the final three and a half years. Revelation 12, 14 says that she will be given two wings of a great eagle, that she will be protected and nourished from the face of the serpent for three and a half year period, for that final three and a half year period. So the government that you see shown in Revelation 12, 14, this, it's not a very easy political thing to go against the entire world establishment. Um, this administration, the U.S., is asking Israel to scale back. Um, we are also showing some support for the Palestinians, for you know, for that other side of the for the other side of the equation. Um, right now, we are somewhat taking the UN's position, not the type of government that we see listed in Revelation twelve fourteen. So I just want I mean that's that's just another key aspect that as this puzzle as this scroll begins to unwind, how things are going to fall eventually. Um, we know that the government we see in the United States right now is not the government that's depicted in Revelation 12, 14. And some of the people out there may be saying, great, Trump will be the guy. I don't believe Trump can be the guy 
that is mentioned in Revelation 12, 14, because that's at least three and a half, four years from now. You know, he's pushing 80 himself. So I think it'll be somebody Trump-like. I think this this movement that we see, this nationalist populist movement, is apparently <coughs> going to take hold. And we're going to see some true conservative people in, in office. Um, don't look for a perfect government, because I don't believe there will be one until... Jesus Christ himself comes back and rules and reigns. Um, we already talked about the Turkish lawmaker that keeled over. Um, the other thing is to keep an eye on the continuation um, of this war in Israel and against Hamas in, the, in Palestine, in the Palestinian area. Also, the other thing is um, to really keep an eye on these border nations, because a lot of these, a couple, some of these border nations really. Um, so I'm looking for two things at one time, and, I, and I'll say this time and time again until this situation changes. But I'm potentially looking for um, a peace agreement to come out of this with Israel and the Palestinians. That would be the peace agreement potentially, and I'm looking for. Potentially, one could happen before the other. We don't know. Um, something to spark along the Euphrates River. Iran is up to their eyeballs in this. Turkey is up to their eyeballs in this. Syria. So, you've got to have one eye on one and one eye on the other. But just keeping an eye on all that Euphrates River action. Because it's happening. And that's all I have. Did he send it to you? No. Oh. Messaging across the room. <laughs> Somebody that... It's a rabbit hole. No. It's a rabbit hole. I'm it's a deep, down. dark rabbit hole. It is pretty deep. We can... Is it to be discussed or not to be discussed? I mean... It doesn't really matter. You'd probably just shoot it down. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably just shoot it down. It's a little You'd fetish. probably be like... Trigger happy. It's a little far-fetched. All right, bit. we're going to have a discussion on this end, and we will go ahead and end the live feed, and we will see you all next week. Great topic next week. If you need to, go back over this video. There's a lot of information in this video as to the false prophet and the Antichrist, how we will know who they are. You already know if you watch the video now who undoubtedly the false prophet will be as far as his title. Um, we don't know the person yet. Um, the false prophet, we have a list of things. Just be careful that you're not applying the wrong thing to the Antichrist. Um, so uh, on this end, we have outlines. On your end, I encourage you to rewatch the video. Next week, 666, The Mark of the Beast. He touched on it tonight. We're going to do an entire lesson on it um, on our next lesson. We will uh, see you then, and God bless. We truly appreciate you coming in with us.